Let me tell you a little something about the chronic gals. Just two best buds and they're very best pals. Talking about cannabis, that good, that tree. So grab a joint and just fuck with me. Hey! And welcome back to another episode of the Chronic Gals Podcast. I'm your host, Riley. And I'm Ashleen. And this is Intro Take Two. Whoop, whoop. If you are one of our faithful listeners yes. who listens to our new episodes as soon as they <laughs> drop, well, first of all, thank you. Thank you. We love you. Second of all, you are one of the few to hear an episode that we posted and then decided to pull down. Yes. <laughs> Just now. Um, so Ashleen and I were talking about just our episode, and we're talking to Amy Donahue. She is, she specializes in compliant ca- cannabis brands. For social media. For social media. Mm-hmm. And we were reflecting on our last intro, and we didn't think it was very compliant. Mm-hmm. So we decided to take it down and redo it mm-hmm. in honor of learning and, and compliance growing. Yeah. and growing. Amy was like our little Jiminy, or my little Jiminy conscience yeah. in my on my shoulder. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's better. I think, I think it's better. Because we just went through the process, or we're going through the process mm-hmm. of getting... Um, Uh, official like we're getting our business licenses and all of our little ducks in a row Mm -hmm. so we really want to make sure that our business is protected and we're protected and we're doing things the right way um so that nobody gets in trouble and yeah we just decided that we would redo it and in in honor of learning and of growing and trying new things Mm -hmm. here we go (laughs) so here's take two um Thanks for joining us today. Yeah. Yeah. So So we have some housekeeping (laughs) to get to, as always. We Mm -hmm. always have housekeeping. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, We are doing a lot of really fun things in April. We've been talking about them on our social media, if you've been following along, and on like every podcast this month. But um, so so our first thing is starting not this Friday, but the following Friday, Mm -hmm. uh, April. I keep wanting to say August, but it's April April 16th. Yes. April 16th, um, we are going to start doing Clubhouse Washingtonians rooms. Yeah. So if you are a Washingtonian, if you're a cannabis lover or cannabis industry worker or cannabis anything in Washington State, we want to hook up with you on Clubhouse and like really build this community, really build this network. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, like as their industry grows and as more money gets poured into it, we Mm -hmm. want to make sure that. You know, we're standing together and trying to protect the industry and make sure that, you know, our culture is upheld. And the plant. And also, we just want to, you know, and we just want to know who's, who in our states smoke weed. Yeah. You know, like who, why don't you want to know that your neighbor doesn't, you know, smokes weed? Right. Follow you to the nose. And if the nose knows, you know, then Clubhouse knows. No, I don't know what that <laughs> sentence was. But yeah, we just want to hang out with all of you Washingtonians on Clubhouse. So we're going to be holding these every Friday yes. at 2.30 yes. uh, Pacific time Yes, um, on Clubhouse. If you're not on Clubhouse and want to be and are an iPhone user, yep. we do have Clubhouse invitations to hand out. So yeah. hit us up. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you there. It'll be so fun and so low-key, you guys. Just, like, come and hang out. Come sesh. Yeah. Come tell us what you're smoking. Mm-hmm. We're all about community this year I f- and month. This is, like, our community building month. Yeah. Because um, we have a bunch of other community building things. Um, here, Ashleen, smoke this bowl while I talk about our... 
What should I even go to next? There's so many things. Let's do that one. Okay. Sorry. That yep. was a total... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so excited because we have so many cool things We have things so much happening. going on. And I mean, there's so much happening on the same day, yeah. too. So yeah. I feel like whichever one you start with... That's true. It'll, it'll all be... just lead into the next. So, right. But I'm just going to start with the date. 420. We all know it. We all have a warm heart spot for it. Warm heart spot? Warm spot in your heart for, warm, for Smoky spot in your heart. Exactly. Um, resonated room. Oh my gosh, yes. Where was, this is the day where we get to hang out and smoke weed and celebrate weed. <clears throat> like, it's not every day, but you know, it's just our day. Yeah. So, we're having a 420 party. Because <coughs> we have lots to celebrate. We... Oh my god, I just like lost the whole list. We turned two. Yeah, that, our, that was what I was going to start with. Thank <laughs> it's you. our second year anniversary on 420 um, of Chronic House Podcast. So excited for that. It is, yes. um, oh, we're launching our Patreon channel. Yeah, we're yeah, finally yeah, yeah, launching yeah. our Patreon channel. Thank you. Where if you are a patron, you can get access to ad-free content, bonus mm-hmm. content. Mm-hmm. We're do, we're starting monthly Zoom sessions, mm-hmm. which our 420 party on Zoom is going to be our kickoff party for. Those are going to be our Chronic Pals safety meetings. So if you are a top-tier Patreon member, mm-hmm. You can get on the VIP list for these uh, safety meetings, Chronic Pal safety meetings, every month on yeah, Zoom. They're just hangouts. We're just smoking with y'all. Mm-hmm. Let's come together and get high, mm-hmm. you know? So, come so, hang out with us. Yeah, we're launching those. And we're also launching our YouTube channel that all of us have worked super hard on called Real Stoners. And it's going to be so fun. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're trying a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. So. That's going to be launching on 420 as well. Yeah, it's going to be so, so much fun. going on. We have, yeah, we'll have we have we literally have a full day's worth of stuff that we are putting out on 420. On 420. So, yo, come hang out for come it. Come hang out with us. So cool. Yeah. Um. So I think that wraps it up for our housekeeping. Keep an eye on our social medias. Keep an eye on our website, chronicgals.com. Mm-hmm. We're on social media mm-hmm. at chronicgals underscore podcast on pretty much, well, I guess Instagram, Twitter, yeah. and Cannabis. Yeah. Um, um, if you want an invite and links for our party, just email us, chronicgals at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. DM us on all of the platforms. Yeah. You know how to get in, hold, in touch with us. Audio message us on Anchor. That's still a very <laughs> still viable a option. Um, so, yeah, we have so many opportunities to hang out in April, and I, we just want to hang out with y'all. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm so excited. Yes. It, so, it that's going to be really, really fun, mm-hmm. and we hope to see you there. Yep. Housekeeping closed. Boom. Um, so, instead of a farm feature this week... We wanted to feature a really cool dispensary in Portland, Oregon, and we're going to call producer Ev to the stage so he can tell us more about it. Producer Ev. What's up, guys? Hi, producer Ev. Hello. (laughs) This is an interesting format. (laughs) This is what Clubhouse is. This is what, yeah, this is exactly what Clubhouse is. Except okay. without the okay. microphone. It's just the call-in yeah. part of it. Right. Am I sounding okay? Yeah. You sound great. Tell us about right. our Dispo feature. Dispo feature of the week. Uh, this dispensary is one of my favorites. Uh, like, I think Riley said it. 
like Riley said, it's in Portland, Oregon. Um, the dispensary is called Green Muse. It's what did I say it was? I think it's on Killingsworth or Alberta. It's somewhere in that. I think it's a Killingsworth. I think it's Killingsworth. I think yeah. I think that's perfect. But yeah, they're really cool. They're like a black-owned dispensary. They have um, what they—it's called Green Hop Academy. It's like a little—I guess it's a school that Mm -hmm. um, they have up in their second floor, I think, or I don't know. They put it on, but basically, it's. they put it on their website as, as it connects historically underserved populations to racially diversify the cannabis industry. Love that. Yeah. Super cool mission statement. Mm-hmm. Super cool purpose for the academy. But what's great about the academy is it also facilitates into their bud tenders. And their bud tenders are super nice, super educated. They know so much about their product. They have a great like selection process. They tell me about it sometimes where I think they say that they go, they all smoke strains up in some room somewhere or they all smoke the strain and then they talk about <laughs> it. They name it because they name it after like, I think it's just popular media influences. Honestly, there's a lot of different celebrities that they use as their weed jar names, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they like know their terpenes. They know their farms. They know their flower quality. Um, on the video that I was watching, they were like checking strains out or bud out under like a microscope. Yeah, in the lab. Dude, legit. They were yeah. like doing lab work too. Yeah. And the video. Super cool. The video said that they help, they teach about like um, cannabis business, extraction, how to even run a lab, like a whole bunch of li- like other things outside of even like the dispensary. The dispensary, experience. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like literally the ins and outs of the industry. Yeah, which is amazing. We need more people like this. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Green Muse is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I had a conversation with them about like the whole Indica Sativa thing, which is really cool because, I mean, they like to just identify <laughs> their weed with terpenes because I think we've talked about it before, but Sativa and Indica is a little less accurate than what we should be allowing for. Oh, totally. have we talked about that before? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. To no so, end. <laughs> they're super cool. They're really well educated over there. I really, really, really like their products. All of it's super gas. Smells great. Amazing. Tastes great. Cool. Gets you super stoned. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Big shout out to Green Muse. If you're in the Portland area, hit them up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Love that so much. Definitely want to support or you know vote for our dollars with you know a place like that. Yeah, vote exactly. With That's what I meant. Vote with vote our dollars. for dollars. Vote for dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I also think I like got the word support in there in a place that didn't need to be. <laughs> Clearly, That's I'm getting okay. stoned. I think this is Cookie Monster from Pagoda. Nice. Yeah. No way, I got some Blue Dream from Pagoda. No way, we did too. Cool. No way. On that Blue Dream vibe. On that Pagoda vibe. Heck yeah. I think there was a sale. There's a sale. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Totally. Well, cool. Shout out Green Muse for an amazing dispensary and amazing work that you're doing within the industry to uplift marginalized communities. Amazing. We love it. Love it. Snaps for Green Muse. I can't snap. Everyone my makes fun of my snaps. My fingers are too cold for snapping. 
There you go. Cool. Thanks, yeah, Producer yeah. Ev. Yeah, for sure. All right. See ya. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Cool. Awesome. Oh, it's three, two, one. <gasps> cool. Um, amazing. I love that. So yeah, definitely. If you're in the Portland area, go check out Green Muse. And I can. We can definitely say that it is good quality weed. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Very very good. excellent. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, I think <laughs> that it's time. There's nothing else left to say. I don't think so. But to jump into our interview with Amy. Yes. Um. Yeah. It's, we go all over the place in this conversation. Yeah, she is super generous with stories from her past yes. and some of the wild shit she's gotten into. So yes. buckle up, grab your bong, grab a joint. Let's get into it. Yeah. Bye. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the session. We are here with Canna boss Amy Donahue from Get Hybrid Social, um, a compliant social uh, social media marketing agency for the cannabis industry. Thank you so much for being here, Amy. Hello. Thank you for having me. It was so fun meeting you at the, it was the love-in, right? The love, the Valentine. Tokativity, yeah. Tokativity is the best invention in cannabis. You're so right. We have that. met so many people and had so many amazing guests from Tokativity events. It's it's awesome. Yeah, it really is. It, I every time I come away from it and I'm exhilarated and exhausted at the same time. Oh my god, same. I think we were both riding the high of like love yourself more for a couple <laughs> days after that, and like yeah. not even just like the weed high. It was just like being with virtually even like a bunch of amazing you know, like women, it was awesome. Yeah, people who are like like-minded too. Yeah. You don't have to explain yourself. Like you're all already kind of on the same, you know, tier. Vibe. Yeah, vibe. So you don't have to like explain what you do, what the whole cannabis thing right. is, you right. know? It's just people who already get you and yeah, you're already on the same level. And it's, there's no stigma there because yeah, it, the stigma, I'm 50. So the stigma of my generation when it comes to cannabis is unbelievable because we grew up with the say no to drugs and dare and the war on drugs so the reason i love going to the online events of i don't have to feel guilty smoking which is the weirdest thing to have to feel when you're <laughs> 21 but apparently those people who think they're woke are not woke because they're still like afraid they're like yeah <laughs> I know. It's, it's so weird it's very but drunk weird. on every weekend right right, right. right. yeah that's what I say a lot. I'm like, have you ever been to a, a party full of stoners where everyone's just smoking and people aren't really drinking? It's it like, so chill. it's so chill. It, everyone's just having a good time and sharing whatever they yeah. happen to bring. You know, it's, it's so funny. The difference between a alcohol party and uh, a, weed a weed party. party. And weed parties get quieter as they go on. <laughs> alcohol parties get louder. We all get like, all right, now we're okay. Just sit next to each other on the couch. Mm-hmm. Nobody has to talk. We're fine right now. Yes. It, it just, it, I think that makes me realize, like, just being so comfortable with that. Um, this is where I'm supposed to be. You know, it's not just trying too hard or seeing if it'll stick. Um, this is where I'm supposed to be. I love that. That's yeah. where I look at. I it's the that. ease. It is the ease. We're all looking for that ease, or at least we are looking for the ease, you know, if it feels good and feels easy, it's probably the right path for you, or at least something to explore, you know? It's in our constitution, the pursuit of happiness. Exactly. Indeed. I like that. 
Cheers to that. No kidding. Well, I'm, I'm grinding right now. I love that. What are you grinding up right now? I have some UK cheese. So this is medical grade because I got this right as rec hit. We had no supply. Um, it, it was kind of a, I don't know if that's what happened in Washington state, but all of a sudden the dispensaries get a letter. You can start selling rec on Monday. And we're like, what? We don't even have enough product. <laughs> and then all that product goes into making concentrates and edibles and everything. And we also had a testing law that went into effect in November. So like, it was like, everything came to a screeching halt in the middle end of January. We're and you're now. in Arizona. Yeah, I'm in Arizona. Okay. And that, and we were talking a little bit before we recorded, but uh, Arizona legalized rec, like you said, in November, right? And then started selling by January. Disp new dispensaries were open right January. Like that is um, No, there's no new dispensaries. They're oh. allowing medical. Um, every medical has decided to do it, but if you didn't want to, you didn't have to sell rec if you didn't want to, but that's the stupidest decision ever because right. you're never going to, you can't compete. Right. Right. No way. That is a very interesting, um, way to do things. Yeah. In Washington, it's completely, well, I guess it's not completely split. The medical program actually kind of evaporated. dissolved, um, once rec. in Oregon. Yeah, yeah. So that I think they're trying to figure out. I mean, you have like your medical marijuana consultants that yeah. you can have at the dispensaries. And I think you can still get a mar medical marijuana card so you can grow at home. I think yeah. that's the only way in Washington you can home okay. grow. Okay, yeah, we have home grow too with this last law, but you don't have to have a card. Okay. It is anybody that's can grow. Right. This is the wild, wild west in so many ways. Thankfully, we're like a mini California. We went, we went blue, um, except for our governor. But we went blue in November for the first time since the 90s. So, oh, wow. Yeah, it was a really big deal. It was a really big deal. And it's all Californians moving here because it's cheaper to live here. And now my rent is going up. <laughs> That's what happened in Oregon. Californians yeah. came here in, or in Portland. And yeah, the yeah. rents are all going up now like crazy. But yeah. you said you were able to get your hands on some UK cheese just yeah. before this whole huge shortage happened. Um, I'm impressed that you've been able to hold on to it for that long. <laughs> you must have gotten I a have good so stash. many strains. I have a retail client. I have Mojave. They're in Arizona and California. So I have like 20 of their eights because when I started work. So yeah. You got to test I it. You got to try it all. I assume you've been able to dip and dabble. What is your favorite one you have right now? So this was a newish one. I, I don't do a lot of sativas, but I do wake and bake sativas. I do wake and bake almost every day. I don't feel bad about that. Um, but this one was cool. It's called French Cookies, and it was from Buddy Organic. <laughs> we have a lot of small grows popping out of nowhere right now. Um, so I can't keep track of the names. So I've got that French cookies but from Mojave um it is cream pie kush and Ooh. like my eyes are watering right now thinking about it because when we're done here I can start medicating like really for the evening afternoon <laughs> evening um yeah and that one is my favorite and I'm almost out and I'm just like uh-oh <laughs> I guess I'll smoke the other 20 I have yeah 
I would love to just one day open the cabinet and it'd be full. I'm like, like a witch's full. apothecary, yeah. just full of strains. Yeah, what are you ladies smoking? Um, we have, this is not what's in the jar. Oh, now I have, to, oh, Bubblicious. Oh, I love that one. Bubblicious, yeah. Uh, what is it? Lavender and, and bubblegum. Bubble I so love nice. lavender as well. Me too. Mm-hmm. It's I, I like it in the morning with a cup of coffee because it like, even though the coffee caffeine-ness, yeah. I think that's just like, those two just go well together. I like to we put also, in my coffee. You like to put what in your coffee? Keith. Keith. Wait, do you it, brew it? Wait, explain I yourself. <laughs> so I just take, you know, those little dab tools. Uh-huh. Right? I just take a couple scoops of the Keith and put it in my coffee or tea and the warmth is what decarbs it and gets it activated. And then it hits really nicely. It hits like a tincture and an edible because you are drinking it, but it is kind of sublingual as well. Right. Um, And at night I will, because I also smoke hemp flower, but I smoke all kinds of flowers. Like I smoke lavender flowers and rose petals and everything. At night, I look to put CBD keef on my tea. And oh my God, you would have like the best night's sleep. I just got a full body chill. I'm like, I'm so into that. <laughs> and we know that that's what your body needs. And yeah. I'll tell you what, it is like a warm blanket on a cold morning. Wow. It's so lovely. Okay, I'm about to do that. I know, like, it's nap time. Let's know, just go. Yeah. Kids are gone. Time Bye. for a nap for mommy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know I have nothing to do. That's the no, point. I, I have nothing. I have, it's I have just, to try. I, <laughs> I love oh, that though. I know. I feel like I I don't use my keef enough. I stockpile my keef and then I never use okay, it. But it now I can here. put it in my tea or my coffee. Such a good idea. Yeah. Or that. sprinkle it on. Um, you can. We have an edibles brand here that makes all their edibles with keef. It's so good. It just has a different hit to it. I have never experimented with Keith that way. I'm going to have to get down with that. Good thing I have a shit ton of Keith. Keith. (laughs) Yeah, if you know how to make suckers, um, the Keith suckers are really good. Um, Even just chocolates, just go to Trader Joe's and get some nice chocolate and melt it with the Keith in there. Oh, it is. It's going to be so magical. I'm so excited about that. <laughs> I'm excited about that. Yeah. Tips. Tips indeed. Amazing. Okay, so you said your client. So let it tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, what is your history with cannabis and how did you get into the industry? So my history starts in 1986. <laughs> in high school. I, uh, I I went to a party and the football players. We were all, they were all in the laundry room. And of course, I'm like the young slut walking in like, hi, boys. Um, <laughs> and they were smoking pot. And I grew up with hippie parents. My parents grew in the back. So my cannabis story really starts in like the early 70s because my mom was a hippie and her friends would come over, smoke a joint, and we'd go on nature hikes. We lived by a creek. So we'd always be outside. My father was an alcoholic. My father's friends came over and shit got nasty. So from a very early age, I learned what was cool and what just changed people 
their personality and everything like I just learned that from a very young age. So then I started smoking pot in the 80s in high school, which is also when I started smoking or started doing acid. We had a bomb go off. A bully got bombed. A, a kid who was bullied snapped. It was my 17th birthday. Oh my, oh my God. Yeah, he made a mercury switch pipe bomb, which means that if he means anything with heat, like your fingers touch it, it makes it blow up. So he made a mercury switch pipe bomb, had his friends steal the master key to the lockers, and um, ended up before school started, put the bomb, it was about this big, in the kid's sneaker, knowing he had gym first grade because he was a jock. I grew up in a small town outside of Buffalo, New York, and it was very clicky, very small town. Um, I would not go there. I would not live there now, that's for sure, because that is very right-wing conspiracy right now that's the kind of place I grew up in um yeah so that was my 17th birthday the bomb was the locker right behind me so oh my gosh and I never knew until I got into cannabis 30 years later that I've had PTSD my entire life since I was 17 because of that one incident and I'm I'm convinced that my LSD usage, and it was just a friend in the hallway saying, hey, you want to try this? I'm like, I'll put anything in my mouth at this point. You know, like, <laughs> I'm a bad out of hell in high school. I had a mohawk, like, <laughs> it was, it was, yeah, I paid my dues for that. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, so I, I didn't, I took acid maybe 200 times before I graduated high school. I dropped every day before school. It was the only way I could get through the day. Um, and then it wasn't until like maybe two or three years ago when we were in my mom's backyard, she's like, do you remember that bomb? And like something clicked in my head, like, holy shit, like this is all like the little idiosyncrasies I've dealt with my whole life. I just realized it. And anytime I've quit, I haven't had alcohol in 17 years, but when I quit that, I never thought of it again. And I'm convinced that my psychedelic usage as a youth um, maybe not youth, but teen, because they're finding and using psychedelics right now for addiction. So maybe I did it at the time when my brain was developing and when I did have issues with something like alcohol. As soon as I quit, I was done. Nothing. Cigarettes, done. So I think it's from asking. But you've uh, never been able to quit cannabis. <laughs> I actually, so when I quit drinking, I did quit cannabis for eight years because I was in a 12-step program called AA, um, a 12-step cult called AA, which was really great um, to get me clean and sober and go through those 12 steps. I think every adult should go through those because they make you say you're sorry and take responsibility. I don't think people know how to do that anymore. Um, but I, I ended up stopped going to meetings for for after just a couple years because it just felt really culty to me and they constantly tell you that you're going to relapse and it's like why are you telling me this <laughs> you wrong I am never going to drink again um yeah, so I yeah. quit everything at the time because the last weekend before I got sober was a bender of smoking heroin cocaine cannabis booze so that's probably it but it was quite a bender <laughs> All the things on Mother's Day, Mother's Day 20, 2004. I was like, I can't live like this anymore. So yeah. Well, but then when I donated my kidney, so here we here we go with the story. 
Um, I moved to Phoenix about 20 years ago. I started doing stand-up, and soon after that, MySpace was invented. MySpace was my jam, and that is where I built my following. I did stand-up comedy, and I had my own FM radio show here in Phoenix for four years as well. So I used MySpace to build up my own following, and then small businesses were getting on there and saying, hey, can you help me put my business on here? I'm like, why the fuck do you want your business on social media? That's the stupidest <laughs> thing. I've ever heard. And here we are. Um, I've been doing it for a living uh, since 2011. I'd always done it part-time, you know, on the side. But in 2011, I donated my kidney to a Twitter follower's mom, and I lost my job because of it. So I was hired the next day by a Twitter follower because he's like, he's been watching your story. My kidney donation story is crazy. I saw <laughs> I responded four months later, I'm down a kidney. And it wow. was that surgery that really propelled me back into cannabis because my kidney recipient's kidney failure was from Motrin for one migraine. She was given a couple 800 milligram doses, which everybody has taken, but they don't tell us that it's one of the worst medications you can put in your body and it killed her kidneys. And so um, I had to figure out a way to deal with my chronic pain. I was a gymnast, a cheerleader, power lifter, and all the PTSD. I can't take Motrin anymore. I have one kidney now. So I did about two weeks of research on medical marijuana as a sober person. And I went into it with science and I got my medical marijuana card. And coincidentally, I did not plan this. I got my card on the same day as my alcohol quitting anniversary. <laughs> The universe just speaks to you. It was, oh my gosh. Then the first year I had my card and I do my, I do my sober anniversary every year because I need, I get messages every year from people who want to quit drinking. And this past year with the pandemic, I have helped so many people get off of alcohol and turn to psilocybin and cannabis to help themselves go by and get through this shit. I've been home alone for over a year. I made it through weed and mushrooms. <laughs> a little bit of CBD too, but so yeah. Um, and then in 2012, I got my first cannabis client and I have been in the cannabis industry ever since. And I focus on compliance. I get, I've, I've, done, a, I've done a lot of writing for the business magazine. Um, so when anybody's Instagram account gets shut down, I get the emails. How do I get this back? How do I get this back? <laughs> and I ask them, did you read the rules first? Nobody reads the rules because nobody reads the rules. For normal people like us as women with our regular Instagram accounts, we don't care. We're posting pictures of the dog and the food and, and the party. Um, but when you're a business, you can't be like that. When you're a business, you have to know the rules. And I would say I make five to $10,000 a year just on cleanup work from people who do what I do, don't read the rules, um, and then get accounts shut down. So I've become the compliance nerd. I've spoken at MJ BizCon a couple times. Um, I started a cannabis social networking thing here in Phoenix, which of course is null right now because of the pandemic. Um, and I mentor a lot of women, and I have a sauce launch tomorrow with somebody you know, Beth, 
Beth and I and a couple other friends started a company and we have our soft launch party tomorrow and it's Koi Poi. So what we are is business advisors. So what we do is for startups in cannabis, hemp, and psilocybin, we advise, I train on social media. I don't do the social media, but I teach people the right way because I want to empower. And you know, in our circle, it's almost all women. So I want to empower women to have the knowledge because we don't know what we don't know. And social media is your brand's welcome mat. If it doesn't look spectacular, you don't look spectacular, but your competition does. So I work really hard just to educate on etiquette, um, compliance. Every network has its own etiquette. So yeah, I love training people and advising. So yeah, we we're hard launching next week. You will congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. Okay, there was so much there. There's you a have such an amazing story. Yeah, I really do. Thank you. So I'm, I'm just like, like <laughs> taking a minute to process, but I love, okay. So you've had a, so many experiences. You have hit life hard from the get-go. And I mean, in return, it sounds like life has given you these things back and taken you to this place where now you get to help other people. And I think that that is just so amazing. I love it. My next little project is to mentor women to grow their own psilocybin so that they can take care of their mental health within their family on their own without having to be like, where do I get this from? Which you can get on Reddit, by the way. <laughs> Reddit has everything. It's one of the social networks that I specialize in for some clients because there really is a great niche for it. But you can yeah. buy anything you want on Reddit. You could buy, and that's where I get all my spores. Now I have my own, but um, yeah, you can get anything on Reddit. But the psilocybin thing I'm really excited about and teaching people how to grow on their own, um, it changed my life. It really did. More than cannabis, I think. So what is, so do you microdose every day? Like what, what how, how are you using mushrooms in your life? So I do microdose um, maybe every three to four days. It kind of depends on the week, but if I and what is what does microdose mean? Also, like sorry to interrupt, but like what is the um, dosage. dosage? What is a microdose? You know, a microdose to me is about this. I take I eat a piece like a half of the size of a dime, that okay. big of a piece. I just swallow with a glass of water, like a pill. Mm -hmm. um, it's probably three to five milligrams. Um, I don't weigh it. So I do it every three to four days. Um, and then I'll take a couple weeks off when I start feeling any stress or anxiety, come back. Sometimes I can go months without it, but I don't because you really do feel happier that day. And it's not in a crazy meth, not even a sativa way. It is, uh, just feel better. And you're so, at peace. <laughs> you're just at peace. I really, I love doing a microdose and going for a hike or something, anything like that, because you just feel so connected with everything. everything around you, and you just seem to be you to flow better. So I love that. I I love the way you said that. You just seem to flow better because I think that that's one of the main things it does. I have a standing desk, so you'll see me stand up. And sit down. <laughs> um, it all depends on my body pain and whatever. Um, but yeah, it's, 
It really is a magical plant. I'm really excited to be part of it as an industry before the white guys with money come. And I don't, I don't mean any disrespect to anybody, but I've been in cannabis for nine years and I have seen a lot of small businesses get eaten the fuck up. And in Arizona, we started selling dispensaries within a couple of years of operating just on the medical side. And our dispensaries go for $25 million. And that's just the stock and the license. Um, sometimes the grow comes with no edibles. That is just the retail. And because of our location, we've got Mexico, Nevada, California, and New Mexico, which should be going legal soon as well. Arizona is a prime location. We're on the 10 and the 40. So yeah, it's, it, it's, it was pretty nuts here when the big money started coming in. And then MedMen came in and then they crashed and burned and then they left. <laughs> so we've seen like the gamut of really successful brands. Harvest is from here. Harvest House of Cannabis is uh, an Arizona company. And now look at it. It's one of the biggest in the country. So we do have a lot of really great national things that started here in Arizona. But man, it is so prohibitive. It's so hard to get in if you want a license. The social equity licenses yeah. will come out in a few years, but right now there's nothing. It's frustrating that we have to wait a few years. You know, when like it just, especially in Arizona, it was like, hey, it's legal, and then boom, who could, whoever is like in it right now in the medical industry can sell, but everybody else, y'all have to wait. You know, like all the legacy people and all yep. of the like, it's just, <clears throat> Watching everything legalize is so fascinating to me just because it, it doesn't really seem like, it just seems like such an easy yes, but also people, everybody's making it just so hard, so hard to be an easy yes. You know, like, like congratulations on New York. Like, I think that's cool that Cuomo like signed the bill and a bunch of, all of the cannabis, um, uh, no, the people get are getting expunged. The crimes. Oh my God. Yeah, oh, the, prisoners. Um, thank you. <laughs> I write to those prisoners. Have you guys heard of the last prisoner project? Yes, mm -hmm. we have. Yeah. Yeah, I've been a pen pal for them for about a year now. That was like my COVID thing. Oh, cool. I'm helping one of them start a business. Oh, cool. Actually, two of them. One of them is Corvain, where we consult with Corvain Cooper and 40 Tons. Um, just some business consulting. And the other one, he'll be getting out in two years. He's in South Carolina right now, but he's got his niece out here. She's already started a nonprofit. And so I'm advising them on that. I love helping people to start a business and become successful, especially our legacy industry. Those people, and you know what? They're getting out of prison. They're still on parole. They can't smoke pot. They have PTSD because they were serving a life sentence that was hanging over their heads. They get clemency and they still can't smoke pot. That's a problem. Everything, yeah. when you get clemency, it, it should be done and done. Like not this and not, and then try and get, um, what's it called when they, when they expunge everything, when they give a pardon. Like oh, yeah. all of that to me should go together. If you're getting clemency, you should get a part. Like yeah. nothing yeah. makes sense to me. Oh my gosh, I've been watching way too many true crime documentaries on Netflix. 
and I'm like, how many more of these do we need to watch for us to realize that the freaking justice system is not meant for us? Like, how many? Yep. How many? Like, why are we so interested in watching our system fail? And then it's like they interview the judge, and they're like, but I can <laughs> I can see why the system is actually working for the guy because through our trial system, he this was the the end of the trial. You know, it's just like. No, nobody, this is not, yeah. this is not helpful for anybody. Millions I of tax dollars are just getting, because of stupidity. I think they just <laughs> want to get a rise out of people. Um, with the George Floyd uh, trial this week, which I have spent more time crying this week than I have in a while. And, uh, you know, I feel like I owe it to him to watch this and, and go through the emotions. But one of the witnesses, an older black gentleman, um, saw the whole thing and he was talking about it. He broke down on the stand today. It's just, I feel like we have to see that stuff. We have to go through that bad stuff in order to create change. And it fucking sucks. Um, a man died and the world watched this man die. Like, I bet you if you go frame by frame, you could see a spirit lift from the body. That's how close we were to this incident. And to have it displayed, the insurrection trial is going to be amazing. Like, I am I am going to take a week off of work if I have to and C-SPAN it for a week. <laughs> uh, let's not talk politics anymore. Let's talk pot. <laughs> let's talk pot. Let's talk pot. Okay, yeah. so what are some top mistakes that people, that cannabis brands are doing on social media? Well, I mean, the first thing is hiring people without the skill set to handle a cannabis social media client. I have worked in every single industry from sex toys to cars to cannabis. And this is the hardest. Um, it's the most organic because, of course, we can't get ads. But for fuck's sake, people, use your own content. Stop taking screenshots to post on Instagram because the very first rule on Instagram says you can only post what you own. You can't post something and give attribution. You have to ask that person first. And that repost app that people use, that's non-compliant. That goes against the terms of service. Just because people are doing it doesn't mean it's right. And they don't understand that this is your business. Like I said earlier, for us as people, we can post whatever we want. Don't worry about rules and shadow bands and hashtags and stuff. But when you're managing a multi-million dollar business on social media, you better know what you're talking about. And if you own that company, you had better be vetting those people, get recommendations and get case studies. Check that person's social media themselves. I'm very transparent on mine. If you go on my Twitter, you know exactly who I am and what I stand for because I'm very vocal there. As a cannabis activist, I do not use Facebook and Instagram that much because they've done so much damage to brands in this industry. I don't feel right supporting them. I do it for clients because they have to be there. But as a person, I feel dirty every time I go onto Instagram. I, it just, they, every time an account gets shut down, that's thousands of dollars that company loses. So I'm a Twitter girl. I push everybody to Twitter. I teach people Twitter all the time. And for this industry, it's actually one of the best. For B2B, it's one of the best and B2C because people don't want to be on Facebook and Instagram anymore. They are losing even though they're growing, they're losing cannabis people left and right because patients and consumers are getting tired of seeing shit get shut down. 
they're going over to Twitter because they can talk freely. They don't have to use their real name. They don't have to worry about Aunt Barb seeing their stuff. So um, get out of the Zuckerberg box is probably one of my biggest pieces of advice for cannabis brands. Are there any of the like cannabis specific social media apps that you're seeing up and coming like WeTube or we're on Cannabis? Like, are you seeing any of these and you're like, oh, this one actually has some real promise. There was one, it was called Mass Roots and it was amazing until a Russian porn bot um, hacked into it and they couldn't get these naked chicks off of the feed for over a year and people just <laughs> left and they were bleeding money. They came out so hard and it was such a great app. Um, another one is Doobie. Doobie. Doobie's great for retail. If you have a retail um, edibles, concentrates or a storefront, I think Doobie is great. Um, what were the ones that you mentioned? Cannabis is one that we use. I don't know if I'm on that one. I'm. There were so many that started around 2015, 2016. I don't even know, like what. I think this one. I think this one is relatively new. Yeah. Um, but it's just basically like a Twitter feed or a Facebook feed or whatever. But you where you can post. But people are bringing their their you know pictures of them hitting the bong. They're bringing them to cannabis because they're not able to post them on Instagram without getting shut down. And like no Great. Shot. You're not. You yeah. need to know um, your area's advertising laws as well, because me doing this on camera right now in Arizona could be illegal. So you need to know your advertising laws. And, you know, in Tokativity, we talk about normalizing. It's so hard to normalize this on something when you can get shut down, yet you can watch Bitches and Margaritas in Scottsdale all day long. You know, it's, it's just... That's why I say go elsewhere. You don't need to be on Instagram. You really don't. Yeah. Um, there, there are so many smaller networks out there. Um, but then you have platforms like Tokativity. You can go on there and spend time on the Tokativity website. And Cannabisiac is a professional cannabis social network. And then you have LeafWire as well. Um, but as far as user apps, I don't even know like what I use anymore. There was Social High was out there for a while. I've never even heard of those. There are so many. Those were the old ones. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. 2015. I have like, I have vintage cannabis brands. <laughs> oh, I do too. I have This is one of papers. our first edibles line. 2012. And it's vintage. <laughs> keep it it's gonna be worth so much money in like seven years <laughs> it's just i love the idea that we're part of an industry where no matter what your idea is we want it whether you're capable of running a business is another story but if you have a great idea um so in in arizona we have medicated toothpicks um is the whole toothpick? What? Yeah, the, the whole toothpick is you infused. You suck on it, and then once it dries off, like you can still suck on it the next day. Yeah. Whoa. What's the what's the what's the milligram? What's the dosage on that? Like, I'm not sure. I'm I I, I never.
have to like them because I grew up in a country town, so a toothpick hanging out of my mouth just reminds me of hillbillies and rednecks. <laughs> we have suppositories, which I guess is pretty normal on the medical side. Um, but pretty much anything you can make from weed, we've had. And it's just amazing. And again, a lot of them don't stick around for long because they don't know what they're doing on the business side. Right. <sighs> But that's why we need people like you to train people like us who have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> well, we need people like you to get the word out on people like us. So yes. this is a full circle. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I'm curious on where you think the industry is going. Uh, maybe like in Arizona and then like on a national scale. However that's. Honestly, I feel that federal legalization is coming. I think it'll happen this year if, if at the latest next year, but I think um, the opportunity to recover from COVID will come from cannabis. I really, really do. Locally, I don't know. We've had a lot get acquired. Um, we're still getting acquired. We just got another one bought by Sunnyside. Cresco is here. Um, but I see in, in Arizona, we now have 70 edibles brands. I bet we have 100 by the end of the year. I bet it's that's going to blow up on a national level. These states um, that are holdouts, they're going to have to acquiesce and give in in order to be a part of it. And I do also see maybe the majority of shops across states owned by a few of the big players, maybe Harvest and Curaleaf um, really do dominate in a matter of a few years. Because here in Arizona, if you got a license, which cost $5,000 to enter in 2010, if you did not win, you got a thousand back. So let's say you got that license for $5,000, of course, you needed a lot of money to buy real estate and everything, but within five years, you have $25 million in your back pocket and can retire for the rest of your life. Like I see some of the newer states going in the direction that Arizona did. The acquisitions here, it was nuts. It was for a couple of years, it was just crazy to see. So I was involved with one. They were my clients. They got bought by Ianthus and for a year, I worked and I got paid, but everyone forgot about me. There were no more meetings, no more phone calls. It was a really <laughs> awkward, yucky situation to go through. So if you can hang on to your shop, please do. If you need investors, reach out to all of us because we all know people who are investors um, to help you keep your, your cannabis brand that you've worked so hard for. I want the mom and pops to succeed. It's only going to happen with people like us who are really working to build this middle class um, to strengthen it. I feel that um, a lot more women are going to become owners. Uh, the social equity licenses, I'm looking forward to that because I would love to see more people of color and women to own these shops. We're all working our butts off to keep them open. It's about time that we're rewarded with a fucking license, you know? I'm excited about the social equity aspect. I'm excited about the prospect that there may be no more lifers in prison for a plant. I'm one of my pen pals is Pedro Moreno and um, he's serving life. It was his first offense ever. 
He's serving life for his first arrest for pot. He's been in prison since the 90s for pot. Wow. wow. Life. And here I am on fucking camera smoking a blunt. Like, I feel like a dick, you know? Like, I feel privileged when I worked really hard for this, but I still feel privileged because I did not end up in prison like they I didn't sell pot. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a dealer or anything like that. But these life sentences, I think that they'll be, I think these people will start getting expunged. The records, they're going to be released. They deserve pardon. Um, I'll be sharing in our network a lot of letter writing campaigns for either particular prisoners or the cause because I really believe in it. And I just, I feel so badly that a guy selling a dime bag in 1992 is sitting there while prisoners, rapists, and pedophiles come and go. Mm -hmm. So fucked up. (laughs) Well, at least, again, there are people on the outside like you who are able to advocate for him and Mm -hmm. actually, like, work to change the system. I mean, I think for me... like that kind of thing comes and goes from my consciousness, you know, I'll see stories about the last prisoner project on social media or whatever, but then, you know, you connect it to something like a pen pal and you're like, Oh wow, there really is, you know, there are people on the other end of that. And knowing what they are seriously affected. And it takes a lot for them to write a letter because they don't have money for stamps. So knowing what it took for that man to write me, I'm not looking for a boyfriend. I write to about a dozen of them. Um, a couple that got out, I never heard from again after January 20th when they got out, which is totally fine. You know, I'm so glad that you're free. Um, but a couple of them that got out, I still write to because now we're pen pals and getting a letter in the mail is the coolest thing ever because it never <laughs> happens. That's so true. It's all just jump, 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 jump. Yeah, there's still pen pal options, and it's not like email, email. but I mean, yeah, I do email a couple of them, but honestly, I really like the letter writing. Um, I have a little notebook. I have a stack of all the envelopes of all the the guys I've written. I finally found a female to write to as well. Um, She's serving life, and I believe it's in. Mississippi. It must be because I remember M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I when I was writing on the envelope. Um, But I'll share that information with you as well. Um, I really want to get the word out there, at least on the pen pals, because they feel forgotten. Um, Right now, for a year, they haven't been able to have visitors. Phone calls are different because of COVID. So, and sometimes they don't even get to a computer or a phone for weeks because they go on lockdown. Can you imagine being in prison and going on lockdown? Like, I know. I understand people broke a law, but the laws were written so archaically. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. I don't know how to change it other than doing what I'm doing, but I feel there's a lot of change coming. I feel that 2021 is started great. People are getting vaccinated. It's quiet on Twitter. Like there's not the chaos there always was. Um, Before 2020 was so chaotic. (laughs) So much chaos. (laughs) It was 
it was so bad for a while. And now like the past two months, I feel much better. I feel a sense of calm. I got my first shot already. So I have a couple more weeks till the other one. Cause I'm on the list as a one kidney person. I am an at risk person, even though I'm completely healthy. If that virus, the virus goes straight to the kidneys. So my doctor right away called and he's like, you got to stay home. And I'm like, I work from home anyway, just whatever. Yeah, I know. I kind of like, I like quit my job right before COVID happened. And you like, did? Really, yeah, because I was like readjusting my life to start doing the podcast full time and just like focusing on myself. And then COVID happened and I was like, well, I guess there really is no other option than me. So <laughs> yeah, 2020 was just like us going hard in the paint like working on our branding and our stuff to get like where we are going. So yeah, I can, I mean, change in the system. Yeah, exactly. It's good though. I mean, we all, we all came up with hobbies. Um, Well, hopefully I started a book, but then I, I couldn't finish it because my kidney recipient calls it monkey mind when it feels (laughs) like there's a monkey just running around in your head and you can't And I still have some days like that just from this past year, like still adjusting. It's just, it's weird. It's everything is so weird. Yeah. We had a timeline shift. That's why it's all weird. We're all adjusting (laughs) to this crazy newness that we're in now. So yeah. It's okay. We'll we'll, we'll adjust. We'll We'll get there. (laughs) We'll figure it out. It is so nice up there, though. I love the Pacific Northwest to visit. I live in Phoenix, so I need to have the sun. This is perfect for me. Um, I probably last two weeks up there with clouds and rain. I would go into such a depression. I would last less than seven hours in Phoenix, so (laughs) it's fine. It's too extreme. It it takes a, a hardcore person to live in either, like... Yeah, I like the rain, and then, I mean, I like the the nice days. It's actually super nice today, and I think everybody is, like, outside the standing in the sun. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I want to ask you ladies a question. Because you do uh, these interviews, what do you see in the industry in the coming year? For, let's just talk about, like, our circles, the women in cannabis. What do you see coming after all your interviews? I see more women owning companies and feeling confident in their space. Like they're creating their own space and not necessarily competing with what is already there. They're just like carving out their little like niche and they're perfect in that little area Mm -hmm. because that little area is like perfect for them. That's what I see. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And then also being able to strengthen each other. You know, I feel like things like Tokativity and we're um, starting communities on Clubhouse on the, you know, on the Clubhouse app. And um, just making sure that as we are doing that, we're also connecting with each other, strengthening our relationships so that we all can grow together and, you know, strengthen what the cannabis industry should look like, too. Yeah, I also see a lot of big business coming in once federalization happens, and I think one of my goals and our goals is to connect everybody before that happens, especially in Washington, 
so we can stand strong. And we don't necessarily, like, all have to get along, but we should at least know who our neighbors are and who, you know, and so we can all help each other out. Because yep. competition is so 2017. <laughs> like, it's all about community now. Like, there's room it is. for you, there's room for everybody. Yeah. You know, like, there is enough. Anything I've learned in 2020, there's enough money out in the ether for everybody to eat. Like, there's no reason for us to be mine, 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 mine. Right. So, and yeah. there's there's enough business out Preach. there for everybody. I don't ever look at another social media agency as competition because I certainly can't handle every cannabis business out there. Like, there's no fucking way I could. I can't even handle them all in this state, you know? Yeah, that's um, why you're going to teach them how to do it themselves. <laughs> yeah, and I'm more than happy to create competition for myself. I am more than happy to do that because that just means more brands are represented the right way online and not looking like crap. Um, but it it just all goes back to the community and that big money is coming. Who gives a fuck? Mm-hmm. We're building something in this past year was it maybe House of Jane started like June? I think so. May think or so. June last year. So we've had um, less than a year to um, build this foundation. I never would have known you ladies mm-hmm. right. if it totally. weren't for the House of Jane. And that is a huge network. The Tokativity mm-hmm. Network. They're yeah. working on a lot of stuff um, to build. And all those people who are afraid to get in it before federal legalization. we're building we're building stuff now and um if you want to be a part of it be a part of it now it it just we're the ones that are always going to be successful because we are the pioneers and we have to like you said we don't all have to get along we don't have to be friends i got haters i don't care because my bills are paid at the end of the day and i'm helping other people every single minute of my day and building my own network with you ladies and everybody else um, because I want to go to work every day <laughs> like my job and even though I'm not going to an office this is going to work and um, I love my job I hate my job but I love my job <laughs> but, it, but it includes all of it and that's one cool thing about cannabis is you're you're not just going to work nine to five You don't just sit there and work at a desk. Even if you do accounting in this industry, there's always something that pops up that pulls you over to retail for something. Um, I like that, the flexibility. You have to be able to pivot in this industry. Like if I had emailed, if you had emailed me two hours ago and said, oh my God, something happened. Okay, no big deal. That's the industry. We'll reschedule. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I don't think a lot of corporate people will be able to handle. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it is laid back in a lot of ways. We do dress like this to go to million dollar meetings and right. we do <laughs> a million dollar meeting too, but they're million fucking dollar meetings and we know how to talk the walk. We know how to talk about the industry and, and how things work. So all of us have an advantage right now. We have a huge advantage. Anybody who has more than a day under their belt right now, if you keep plugging along, you're already, you have your foot in something that people are wishing they could, but they're too afraid or too full of the stigma to take that 
step. Like I tell people, you might want to get a separate LLC if you're going, like I have a friend who does what I do and I'm like, hey, you know, I need someone to refer stuff out. Um, how do you feel about getting a separate LLC? She's like, for what? I go, for the separate bank account you're going to need. <laughs> it's going to get shut down. Yeah, that's so true. What do you mean? Whoa. They, they, they don't understand how hard it, we've all lived in this industry for the past, I mean, where you ladies are, you've had it longer than we have here. Let's say this is a 20 year old industry. It's been 20 years of a lot of blood, sweat and a lot of tears in this industry. And people like me, I don't even touch the plant and I get shit shut down, you know? Um, I don't think most people could hack it. It's probably true. I'm babbling because of this cheese. Oh, I love it. I am hanging on every last word you're saying. I don't know. Not gonna lie, that's also very validating for me. No, for like totally. the thing, for the space that we're figuring out, like what our space is, you know. Yeah. And we're here. We're here now. As the industry is getting started, so. I know. We get to track well, it. We get to chronicle ladies, it. Anytime you ladies have any questions on business, let me know. I will happily help you out for the opportunity you gave me here today. Um, if there's anything you have questions on, just ask me because I'm a branding nerd as well. I don't do branding, but I can tell you what looks good and what looks like crap. That's Love it. <laughs> Thank you so much. You we so will much. totally, yeah. yeah. We will probably email you a whole list of things. <laughs> I can't think of no problem whatsoever. I mentor a lot of the younger ladies in this industry. I'm 50, so I have lived that life already. No man gets over on me. I have contracts, but a lot of the younger girls don't know how to have a contract. Um, they don't know that they need to have a contract, that we are not getting into business to be nice. We're getting into business to pay our fucking bills. And you had better have your shit together too if you're expecting that. So any anybody watching this who ever has questions, especially the younger ladies, please ask me. I will hold your hand. I will be on a phone call with you if you need to close a deal to make sure that they don't try and pull shit over on you because I've cut my teeth. I've been burned many, many times in this industry. Well, you're a business angel. Thank you so much. We learn by doing. Yes, we need people like you who who we can learn from. And Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. No, thank you. I'll be having workshops, and with Hoi Ploy, with um, the business with Beth, we'll be having workshops and things like that, um, podcasts and whatever. Yay! I'm really excited about that project. I'm really excited about it. As soon as you see it, uh, I'll be sure to have you on the list. You will be blown away. I can't wait. I can't wait. Where can people find you online? So I am on Twitter. One word spelled out, the fabulous one. That's my Instagram as well. I have not posted there since June. I only post when it's the anniversary of Anthony Bourdain dying now. Like that's my only Instagram post. Um, mostly on Twitter, LinkedIn, Amy Donahue, uh, LeafWire. I'm on LeafWire, which is LinkedIn for cannabis. 
uh, Facebook, of course, Reddit. I'm everywhere. I mean, <laughs> I'm on Pinterest. I'm on, I'm everywhere. But Twitter is the main thing. If you ever need to get a hold of me, Twitter is always, and Get Hybrid Social is my company. So you can always look for the Get Hybrid Social handle as well. Amazing. Thank you so much, you Amy. Me on Twitter now. Are I'm, you on Twitter? I'm like about to. Yeah, we um, on I'm not on Twitter that much, actually. Connie Gals is on Twitter, but I uh, the band my bandwidth for Twitter is about this much, and I <laughs> yeah. so it's there. We're on it. <laughs> but I will follow you now on Twitter. Yay! Because I'm going to make you interact, so make sure your notifications are on. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, good. I need someone to help. Like. Spark it. Yeah. I'm gonna give you a spark. Yeah. I'm like already on Instagram too much. So yeah. I'm like, maybe I should get off of Instagram onto Twitter. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, if you ever need an accountability buddy for that, I will come and smack you in the face and say, get <laughs> off that damn Instagram. Okay, I heard. Thank you. I need that. I definitely need that. Get your ass on Twitter. I just love Twitter because it's fast and it's not a bunch of it's true. Gobbledygook. That's so true. <laughs> yes, it is. Like, just, just, just tweet it. Yeah. 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 Okay. I guess I think I need to just switch my perspective about Twitter. It'll be okay. Well, yeah. I'll give you guys a free lesson. Cool. Oh, heck yeah. I yeah, love we'll that. Because I have a women empowered in cannabis list and it's all, it's all women from our circles. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. Thank oh my you. gosh, that's awesome. Thank you, so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for all your wisdom today, Amy. We're so happy that we had you on the show. And um you're the best. You're the best. No, you are. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much to Amy. Hell yeah. For like sitting down and having this awesome conversation with us. Um, You're amazing. Like I feel like I learned so, so much. much. Uh, keep keep pen paling. Let us know. We'll post about pen pals when you give us the information because I'm excited to pen pal. Yeah. Let's pen pal with some last prisoner project people. That's a lot of peace. <laughs> I don't know it's, if I personally can commit to that kind of correspondence, but I would do one every once in a while. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, but it's just a cool thing that she I does. I love it. No, I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Uh, and well, thanks to you guys yes. also for listening to Thank our Psycho Babble. We love you so yeah, much. Yeah, we do. Um, please make sure to check out our clubhouse mm -hmm. rooms, Washingtonians out mm -hmm. there. Um, check out our party on 420. Yes, hit us up for all the information. Please, it'll be so fun. Mm -hmm. Come hang out with us for our first Chronic Pals safety meeting. It'll be really fun on 420. If you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content, our Patreon is launching 420 as well. Yes. So please um, stay tuned for more info about that. It'll be so great. Uh, YouTube. Real, sorry, go yeah. ahead. No, you, you no, had it. no, no, I didn't. <laughs> You had it first. Real Stoners is also yeah. coming out on 420. I was about to take it. Oh, take it. Real Stoners is coming out 420 as well. Be excited and ready for that on YouTube and any other weed content. Social medias. Yes. So fun. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes and your other social media. So not your social media, your podcasting <laughs> apps. 
Find us on Instagram and Cannabis yes. at Chronicals underscore podcast. If you need to re-up on the Chronic Gals, come hang out with us uh, for CG After Dark every other Thursday on Chronic on Chronic Gals Live. Oh, gosh. This <laughs> week has got me f***ed up <laughs> on Instagram Live and Cannabis Live. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's both. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and throw down on the Chronic Owls. Check out our Patreon, like I mentioned before. You can even support us on Anchor for less than a dollar a month. Or you can send us a tip on Cash App. Buy us a joint, you know. Energy flow. <laughs> <laughs> we can't wait to light up with you next time on the next episode of The Chronic Owls. Chronic Owls.